Welcome to another edition of the Youthscape podcast with me, Martin Saunders, and wait for it, somebody else. Now, <laughs> when uh, I was unavailable a few weeks ago, Rachel decided that she would she'd hire her own co-host and and see if she could audition, you know, life without me on this podcast. Well, this week Rachel Gardner is unavailable, and so I am auditioning my own co-host as I attempt <laughs> to launch a a breakout version of the Youthscape podcast. So with me, producer Amy. Hello. <laughs> I think we should give you a, a surname. Oh, so yeah, you can do. You are Amy Williams, aren't you? I am. And where are you broadcasting from today? From my lounge in London. You don't want to go any more specific than that, just in case, <laughs> just in case people track In case you my fans track me down. Yeah. All right, well, you, look at that. You've inherited the spirit of Rachel Gardner straight away. I'm <laughs> very impressed. So, um, so yeah, I, wanna, I like to, to craft a little mental picture for people as they listen. Because okay. we have had some video podcasts in the past. Check them out on YouTube. But, uh, right, this is just audio. Um, but, but so what's interesting about recording these podcasts for all of us and, and all the kind of work that, that we've been doing across the Youthscape team over the last uh, three months is that Zoom... Uh, which is how we kind of conduct all our meetings, allows you to see a tiny snapshot of the home lives of all the other people you work with. And unless you go around other people's houses, and we'd, I've never been around your house, Amy, I'm sure you'll never invite me. And, <laughs> um, and so, so, so otherwise, I'd never have seen the inside of your house. But I've only seen like, I don't know, what's that, like nine foot by four foot of your house? Yeah. I can only see just a small window in. And everybody probably who works in a team has the same experience of seeing that. So as we've talked about before, I do all of my uh, Zoom calls from uh, the bedroom of my 12-year-old daughter. (laughs) And so she's just in that transitional phase where I have like, you know, teen stuff and then like bunnies and cuddly toys and and things. They're almost on two different sides of the room in opposition. But your the mental picture we've got for you here, just describe you know, what I can see, which is a weird thing to say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So in the background, I've definitely chosen the nicest bit of our lounge for the background. It's all on purpose. So um, we've got a fireplace. Um, always, pretty much always have some flowers in the flat at the moment. Um, got Do you always have candles. the flowers on, on show? Is that, is this, are you curating a, a, a space like, like people do that, right? For Zoom calls, they like make yeah, their house look amazing. It's just that bit of their house. Well, to be fair, it was looking like that anyway. That is how it normally looks. But um, I definitely like this being my background. So I've got a fireplace and got some flowers some candles and then got like a big set of bookshelves. Me and my flatmate have got all of our books together in, in sort of a big bookshelf in the lounge rather than having them in our rooms, which I quite like because... Um, yeah, I don't know. I like going to other people's houses and being nosy and looking at their books. So I like what you've yeah. done there as well. Um, you've pulled, because you obviously want to look intellectual on Zoom calls. Yeah. So you've pulled all your books together and then added in <laughs> what is clearly a load of DVDs. Yeah, we have DVDs on too. On one side. Old but school. But could be books. If, yeah. At, a, at a, a cursory glance, you might just think they were were books but no they're, they're dvds to be fair i would just like to say we had this before lockdown this wasn't just for lockdown <laughs> all, all in one area like that yeah yeah genuinely nice and uh, and i can't read that the thing is i'm i'm 
going, I'm losing my eyesight anyway, but I can't really see the titles of any, you've got some jigsaw puzzles on those. Have you, have you got board games there? No, board games are on the other side. Oh, very good. Okay. Yeah. But I can't yeah. really We've got that. a few cards and things in front of them. You've got some um, classics we've... up there though. Dictionary, I can see. That's fine. <laughs> so it's kind of, um, the, some shelves are more taken up with my flatmates' books and some of them are more my books. Yeah. Um, we've definitely got at least a shelf, which is sort of Christian books. Um, and then we've got a good chunk of, there's some of my books from, um, when I was studying creative writing. Um, and then, yeah, there's just kind of a mixture. Just trying to think myself what's there. Um, Khaled Hussini. I beg your pardon? Um, Who's that? Who's Khaled Hussini? Um, have you never read The Kite Runner? I, I mean, that's the sort of thing where if there's, there's a film available, I'll just... Yeah. I'll just take the uh, easy option, I think. Yeah. Uh, what else? Um, Are you quite literary, Amy? Do you read a lot of books? I do. I actually feel like um, my reading has definitely gone downhill um, in the last little while. Not like lockdown, but just... Like since you joined Youthscape. <laughs> yes, I can track it to We've that. Literally, we no. love people <laughs> like you. Since, since I stopped studying, honestly, like I do, I really enjoy reading. But um, I used to just naturally read a lot more. So I think now I have to really kind of make it a habit again. When I was at uni, obviously, we had to read loads. And then, um, yeah, but um, I feel like now I'm a lot less committed. You know, if something isn't really interesting to me or doesn't really get me straight away, I'm a lot more likely to just put it aside. Whereas before, I was quite determined to conquer books i think it's a mature thing though to put down a book i think mm. if you're not enjoying a book i it's only later in life that i've realized it's okay to not read to the end like you don't owe the yeah. author if the author can't capture your <laughs> you know your imagination for the full book you don't owe them mm. anything you can put the book down mm. so uh, anyway we've we've somewhat digressed from the point of this podcast okay. i would think so amy just um <laughs> So you, you produce the podcast, but that's not all you do at Youthscape. So what else, yes. what is your job at Youthscape? So I'm the marketing manager. Uh, just kind of means that I'm behind the scenes on all the sort of promotional things that we do, and uh, whether that's for um, some of the events that we run or the resources that we produce. Um, also run our social media. So um, if you ever... <laughs> If you ever wonder what's going on with that, it's probably my fault. <laughs> you are the voice, aren't you? You are the voice of, uh, of Youthscape. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. That's what Now, I when you read our tweets, you can, you can you put know. Amy's voice behind them. <laughs> yeah. And then I remember, like, you just started and we threw you in the deep end at the National Youth Ministry Weekend. Yeah. Like, have you basically running the main room? The, so, yeah, I think my title was, uh, oh, what was it? Um, the, sure the, like the main, main venue, venue manager or something yeah. like that yeah and you know the funny thing is Martin when I told um, some other people that I was doing that for this National Youth Ministry weekend they're just really shocked because I'm not normally the kind of behind the scenes making things happen in that way kind of person really um, what would they yeah. have imagined you would have done at that event I don't know um I don't know, something, something less organizy. I can't think of a good... Uh... You were like the... I was going <laughs> to say kingpin, but I'm not sure if kingpin's quite a sort of gendered word. 
Oh, yeah. Okay. Maybe you could be a queen pin, but then again, it seems <laughs> like it's gone too far the other way. And the great thing yeah, about yeah. you is, the great thing about you is you just edit, you, you, you mercilessly exactly. edit this uh, podcast. So many people ne- may never get to hear this witty exchange. <laughs> yeah. If you say anything I don't like, I can just cut it. It's great power. <laughs> <laughs> there is great power in administration. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it really is. is. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so let, let's just talk a bit. We've got a few things to get onto today. We're a fabulous mm-hmm. guest. Um, but, uh, uh, before we get onto that, let's just kind of talk about where we are. So it is week, oh, I get very confused. We're in about week 10 or 11 of what sure. you might call lockdown, right? So, mm-hmm. uh, life changed about 10 or 11 weeks ago. And yeah. it is, I mean, people can't even tell what day it is anymore. Can they? I mean, let alone which week we're in, but, um, uh, let's, let's just talk about where we are right now. Um, I, and, and particularly I've noticed something which I think is an increasing phenomenon, which is large groups of teenagers. So I think we've got to the point now where young people are going, yeah, I I think lockdown, lockdown's over now. I'm going to go and meet with my friends. And if there's one thing young people don't seem to understand, it is the metric system because two meters, I've never seen an interpretation of so generous as that offered by young people right now. Mm. Do you see that where you are in London? <laughs> in London? Somewhere, somewhere <laughs> um, yes and no. I think it, it probably just depends on the places you're going to. And I have several parks that I frequent at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> the parks that I go to, um, I have seen young people in groups, definitely. But it's not just teenagers. I mean, it's also people my age, to be fair. I, I think there is this general sense of um we're young we're we're kind of going to be okay which i know sounds terrible but i do think that that has sort of got into people's heads and and there is a general sort of sense of things being more relaxed and people bending rules a bit definitely seen groups of young people like in the parks together and sitting with each other and yeah not necessarily two meters away Um, i do wonder i do it's interesting you said that like young people it's it's like a reversal of the whole climate change thing isn't it Mm. Um, I can't remember if I've said this on the podcast already, and you know that I am prone to doing that. But um, but but you know, with climate change, there is a, and this is very generalised. There is a there is a group of the older generation who kind of shrug their shoulders and say, "Well, I'm not too bothered about this because this is never going to affect me." In the same way, I wonder whether we're seeing this with COVID, with younger people going, "Well, I can get on with my life because I probably, if I get it, I'll just breeze through it." Yeah, I think that's definitely true. And I think at the beginning, there was a lot of people were quite scared. And there was a lot of this feeling, but it's growing more and more people are getting more dissatisfied and feeling like the messaging isn't clear. And I'm sure young people are picking up on that as well. You can kind of understand them feeling a bit frustrated and just wanting to see each other. And so Rachel wouldn't let me do this, but she's not here this week. So I'm going to mention the main news story of the week, the epicenter of the universe right now. Uh, and look, if you follow me on any sort of social media, you'll know I am not neutral on this or many other political issues, but I do think the Dominic Cummings effect is genuinely having an impact on how people think they now need to interpret the rules. And there was a, a really interesting phone call into LBC, uh, which is a, uh, a speech based radio station, which I think is just based in London. Um, and, uh, 
and basically it was a policeman or somebody who said he was a policeman saying that he now doesn't know how to respond to people who are who are saying that to him you know he's cautioning people and they're saying well it's okay for dominic cummings to drive halfway up the country and i genuinely think the fact that the guy this guy who was so instrumental in you know the government's uh policy setting over the last you know however long um then flouted the rules in such a clear way that everyone knows you know everyone knows he broke the rules um you know the fact that it's not really been dealt with in any satisfying way just kind of legitimizes it's like moral licensing for everyone it like legitimizes everybody going well if it's all right for them it's all right for us and i do feel like we're seeing the for the first time we're seeing the the lockdown really challenged or the uh, lockdown's a very clumsy word isn't it but the the government guidance about yeah what is restricted yeah. what's allowed is being really challenged right now what do you what do you think about that what do you <laughs> think about the whole dominic cummings fiasco it's a fiasco isn't it it is i think it's been really damaging to the integrity of of what they're trying to say and just that sense of unity that we had at the beginning the feeling that um we're all in this together um we can do this you know, there was a sense that people were really sticking to the guidelines because we wanted to overcome this thing together. And I think now anytime they say something like that, it's just going to sound really hollow and empty. And that is, that's really difficult because I don't know how they're going to get that back. Um, no. and, I, and I do think the young people will and probably have picked up on that. I think as well that there might be something um, in, in terms of just sort of peers, you know, say that they've arranged to meet together, which is already, you know, they shouldn't really be doing that at this point. But in terms of the whole social distancing thing, if someone else isn't obeying it, you're not going to feel like you are the one that's going to sit there and say, actually, guys, we should all be two metres away. Um, So I think peer pressure is quite a big factor as well. Well, it is. And that's that's what worked really well in the other direction. Yeah. So there's been almost a sense of like shaming of people who've broken restrictions and so people people have loved getting on their high horse and saying i saw somebody out walking today and wasn't two meters away from people or i saw someone sneeze and they didn't you know hand sanitize (laughs) and people really loved that but now it feels like we've crossed a threshold and it and it and it was at this point when you know the whole dominic cummings dominic cummings has been like the spark that's lit the whole thing um people are now using moral moral licensing in the other direction and saying well look um, if it's okay for this person, it's okay for me. Oh, look, there's a family there playing football. They don't look like that's definitely not just one family. Therefore, why don't we have a game of football? And I, I, I genuinely think right now, unless something dramatic happens, and I hope it happens even before we release this podcast, um, unless something dramatic happens, we're in danger of the government kind of losing control a little bit. And young people will always be at the forefront of breaking rules. That's part of being a teenager, isn't it? So. Yeah. Wow, there's some challenges for us as youth leaders to get our heads around. How do we pastor and help young people who are seeing that unfold before their eyes and all the peer pressure that they're facing? How do, how do we even pastor Christian young people to go mm-hmm. against the flow uh, in a world where we're also telling them to stand up for what's just and right? I, I agree. Um, but um, we want to not just kind of respond to all this coronavirus stuff and wondering how young people are getting on with it all and how they're responding um but actually do something positive and sort of do something proactive in terms of engaging with young people um, and i know that you've been working on a project which is doing exactly that so do you want to tell us a bit about that i'm really excited about this 
this is uh, something we have been working on quietly for about six weeks. And that's, that's genuinely sort of how long it's taken for us to um, conceive an idea, uh, write up a resource, test it with young people, get it designed, get it printed. It is the most rapid turnaround of anything I've ever been involved in. Uh, so we have a new, brand new Youthscape resource, which comes out uh, today, I think, um, called Showcase. Uh, and it's a new resource aimed at you, the youth leader. Uh, and it's, it's not really curriculum, um, but it is a new way of doing work with young people. And uh, it's all around creativity. It's all around creativity and the creative arts. Uh, so what it is very simply is a collection of um, guides to exploring different creative disciplines with young people. Everything from writing poetry to writing songs to using you know, plastic bricks through to um, uh, dance and uh, messing about with paint and drawing and all that kind of stuff. There's 27 different uh, guides in the book. They're a page each. And each of them give you a kind of a, some, some tips on how to get young people doing those things. Now, you may ask, what, why are you doing that? What's the, what's the point in doing creative arts? That sounds like, you know, a whole bunch of other stuff. Well, the, the, the twist on it really is we see this as a way to get young people uh, thinking and expressing themselves uh, around theology, faith, and God. So it's basically a way for young people to express themselves creatively, but also think about and express their ideas around theology and God in, in non, not necessarily the usual verbal written kind of ways that we would normally do in youth ministry. So the, the simplest version of it is draw a picture that tells me um, how you feel about God or where God is or, or who God is. But imagine that concept worked through 27 different creative disciplines. And so we give you some ideas about how to get started, some challenges that you can set young people around that, and also some, um, uh, some ways that you could then show off or demonstrate or showcase uh, what young people have uh, created and come up with to the rest of the group or to other audiences. Um, so that's the idea in a nutshell. It's a book. It's £10. You can get it from the Youthscape store from today. Um, and I'm really excited about it. And it's it's a bit of a, like, in a sense, we've we've sort of rushed the development of it. So I think there probably will be a bit of learning and we might do a second version of it. So if you're somebody who's excited by this idea, great, get a hold of it. But also I'd encourage you to get a hold of it. If you're someone who's interested in, in like developing and working with an, an evolving resource, because I feel like we might learn some stuff as we, as we all get doing it in our youth groups, um, which would make for an even better second version of it in a, a few months time. So the reason that you've rushed it through in a sense or tried to get it out as quickly as possible is because it's particularly relevant for now? Is it something that's just a lockdown resource? A good question. So I think we're always, we're always looking for new models rather than just new resources. So a couple of the uh, resources we've produced in the last few years like Swap um, and Shuffle aren't just like cool things you can just ready, ready to use you know, straight away with young people, but are also like 
they're, they're different. They contain within them different theories or approaches to working with young people. So the idea with something like shuffle as it's self-guided spiritual formation, the idea with something like swap is it levels the playing field between mentor and mentee. So there's something interesting about the, the, the theory and the thinking behind it. And I actually write quite a lot about that in the opening chapter of the resources about three or 4,000 words. If you can be bothered with it in the start of the resource that just explains out shows our workings out. So it's, it's, we're always looking for new ways of doing it. But the reason why we've done it so quickly is because I think this could work really well uh, in a socially distanced youth work world. You can set young people challenges to go off and do. You can do that on Zoom or you can do it when you can only meet, you know, two meters apart or in small groups. And then you can find ways of showing and telling what you've created um, either, you know, digitally or in a sort of public forum, again, where social distancing is possible. So I think it's a resource that could be relevant always, but we, we did it so quickly because we thought, wow, this could actually work especially well now. So many young people are now in the position where they, they're coming up to a summer and we don't know what that holds. Yeah. And there's all this time. And some of them might have schoolwork. Some of them might actually sort of have run out of schoolwork or aren't having exams or the exams will be over soon. I feel like there's just a lot of them with so much extra time. And I've, some of the young people that I've sort of worked with, they've been doing all kinds of creative things and tie-dyeing t-shirts, uh, producing songs and doing uh, works of art. I mean, they're really talented. Yeah, amazing. Um, I know that you've seen, you've actually worked this through with some of the young people in Rygate. Yeah. How, how did you find that going with them? Yeah, so that was the, the sort of easiest way that I could pilot this resource, because we always pilot the things that we do, uh, was to actually run it with my youth group, uh, which, as you say, is based here in Surrey. And, um, and yeah, we just introduced it, uh, I think, six or seven weeks ago now as a, a, a regular weekly element of our, of our programming. So we actually, we, we broadcast something on YouTube once a week. And so what we started to do was set a challenge, a creative challenge each week. And then the following week, we would, uh, we would sort of show off what people had come up with. Um, so we'd play the songs that they'd written, or we would uh, show the works of art that they'd made, or there was some stop motion animation that they'd done. It's a whole bunch of different tasks that they'd done and then we'd set another challenge for the following week and it really captured the imagination of lots of young people one of the interesting things for me was the way that different young people responded to different challenges so there were young people who had been entirely disinterested in the first couple of weeks but then when we did a music production week and they were asked to write a 20 second kind of jingle type piece of music um, there's a whole bunch of extra young people that then suddenly got involved at that mm. point um, and there were other kids I saw who expressed quite profound ideas about God and theology um, in some of the challenges, which they would never have articulated to me in the past out loud, um, which I found really interesting. They found art as a, you know, a mechanism by which they could, um, they could express themselves. So that really is the sort of, I guess that's the theory behind the whole uh, thing. And I think it's interesting. We've just done this piece of research that uh, launched a couple of weeks ago. Uh, called We Do God, which is about uh, developing spiritual practices in young people. And I think this really, this sort of almost is, although it's come about almost the same time, I think this is one of the first outworkings of that idea that young people really respond to um, working out their ideas and their theology and practice rather than just in words and in their heads. Yeah. One thing I really like about it is that, um, 
you have got this broad range of ideas of what it can mean to be creative. So I think a lot of people might think, oh, well, I can't paint, I can't sing. Speaking from experience, (laughs) you know, growing up in a Christian environment and not really being good at music is quite difficult sometimes. It's hard, yeah. Yeah, but, um, you know, you've included um, cooking and baking in this and you've included construction and writing and, like you said, making videos and music. And there's, there's all kinds of things. And I think that that's quite exciting because, like you said, that... I feel like any young person, one of those things will fit their sort of interests or the things that they like to do. And um, it's not just fixed to a couple of yeah. ways to be creative. Yeah, absolutely. And then there's some young people who just love all of it. Yeah, <laughs> It's just insane. Like some of these, yeah. some of these kids are just unbelievably talented. And one of the other things this has done for me, and it's quite humbling this um, because it shows you how, how, um, how I need to have my eyes open much more widely um it's uncovered a whole bunch of talents and skills among young people that i just never knew had them I, I did not know certain young people could sing or write music or produce videos or you know or had an eye for photography i just, I just didn't know and this has uh, brought that to the fore and now you know if i'm any good at my job then i will be giving those young people opportunities to use those creative gifts in the building of the kingdom and as part of their discipleship um, so, uh, so yeah, I'm really excited about it. And just, yeah. I'm just going to throw this in because it's a little bit tangential, a little bit future facing, but, um, I, it's, you know, it's interesting to me. One of the, one of the key values of the satellites event that's going to be running in 2021 is creativity. And I love the fact that this slightly foreshadows that. So yeah, yeah it's exciting for lots of reasons. Joins lots of us. Uh, speaking of creativity, why don't you introduce today's guest? Great link. Well done. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, sorry. So uh, today's guest is the amazing Meg Cannon, uh, who many people know because of her work with Coco over the years and the Girls Brigade. Uh, now she's, uh, she's actually out on her own doing some amazing stuff in schools uh, around the country and she's absolutely brilliant. Uh, so this is, uh, this is what happened when I caught up with her. Well, my guest today on the Youthscape podcast is my friend Meg Cannon. Hello, Meg. Hi, how are you doing? I'm good, thank you. I was just talking to Amy about the fact that um, we get to see the inside of people's houses. Um, And of course, this this isn't a video podcast, but what was really funny was you thought it was, and you were immediately terrified that we could see your bin. And then the chip fryer in the corner of the kitchen. (laughs) Do you know, I don't know that many people these days, certainly under 50... Is that a coach? Well, do you know what? You can do like, what, a coach, what, like an Essex thing? Yeah, that's what I was getting. <laughs> no, it's just brilliant for chips, sweet potato, chicken. It's really cool, mate. Honestly, I won't name their brand because like, then I'd have to say other brands are available, wouldn't I? Yeah, of course, because all those, those brands are keeping hot tags <laughs> on the Youthscape podcast to make sure of no... Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, um, so well, I'm... I'm, I'm I've got to say you're the first person I've seen with a chip fryer for some time. So uh, well, come around at some point and have some chips. I would love to. I mean, I think after this is all over, I'm just going to go around people's houses. I'm just going to be like, yeah. Hey, I want to see the other bits of your house. The bits that you <laughs> keep so tidy. Come to Essex, do it. So, um, so, Hey, so just, just for some people will know you already from the stuff you've done with Coco and other things. Uh, <laughs> and I was just saying, some people might even remember the girl band you were in. Yes. Uh, about 150 Possibly years not. ago. 
about 100 <laughs> Can you give us a little potted history of, yeah. of who you are and what you've done? <laughs> yeah. So uh, probably the first thing that I did when I left school was uh, I was in TBC, a Christian girl band. So we worked at The Message. They had some wonderful bands. I actually became a Christian because of The Tribe. Do you remember The Tribe? Yeah, I do. Yeah. So I was like adamant I want to be in a, I want to be in a band. So I was in um, a band called TBC and we toured around firstly kind of Manchester, then the UK, and we did some tours in South Africa and America, which were really cool. Um, and like it went into loads of primary schools and, and shared just this really hopeful message about God's love to the, the primary school kids, which was amazing. Um, and then I left TBC and um, worked with some charities for a couple of years. And, uh, and yeah, now, um, oh, TBC was like 13 years ago. It's mad. Um, so can, we now just, I, can we just hang on? I just want to, because I want to dig into this. I've never asked you about it. Yeah. But there was a band called The Band With No Name. Yeah. Which was like a, a sort of a boy band, but, but you know, punky. They were mentally. amazing. I love those guys. And then, and then there was this girl band that came out called TBC, yeah. which obviously uh-huh. stands for To Be Confirmed, right? And, I, and it felt a little bit like, yeah. was it just playing on the whole we don't have a name thing? I think so. I think so. Like when I joined, the name was already there. We asked a few times what, what it, how it started. I think they wanted the fans to decide what the name was going to be because the, our brother band, they were the band in a name. It kind of fitted TBC. Did the Although, fans never... I, think I said on a podcast the other day, which I remembered whilst I was talking, when we went to South Africa, they, they said... Um, I think it had on the front of one of the newspapers that we were going, the area that we're going to, TBC comes to South Africa. But over there, that means tuberculosis. <laughs> and, and so I think there was a bit of a few people that were like, what's, what's happening? Um, wow. Oh, but I love those days, all the sequins and sparkles. I don't really get to wear them anymore, which is a shame. But um, they were fun days. And, um, and actually, I'm back speaking in schools now, um, which is amazing. I just love it. I, back in the day, I was in primary schools. Now I'm speaking in um, secondary schools doing like, motivational assemblies. Um, but actually, the council got in touch recently and asked me to go back into to primary because they were saying that actually a lot of the, the girls um, in, in the primary schools are struggling with a lot of the issues that, that we've been exploring in the secondary. So, wow. Um, yeah, so they're going to go back to the little ones, which is really exciting. Um, and then alongside the work that I do in the schools, um, I'm, I'm a freelance filmmaker. So I um, write and produce films, really passionate about creating films for young people that explore the subjects that they're facing. So over the past couple of years since leaving Manchester, I've been working with some amazing charities like um, the Girls' Brigade, um, Christian Aid, Youthscape, Youthscape yeah, um, yeah. Salvation Army, um, making films that um, yeah explore those subjects that they're facing. And, and it's been so exciting to work with some brilliant charities, meet some amazing people and see those films being used in in schools and in youth groups as conversation starters. Um, so yeah, it's just been an incredible few years and I, you know, I give thanks to God for, for all the exciting, exciting yeah. and, and fun things I've been doing. Yeah. And, and just, um, I, I mean, I, I could talk about the girl band thing forever. Uh, <laughs> you can move I, on, I, Martin. No, our, because our I just... album in every single festival is in the one pound bucket. Oh, every ta- don't every say festival. That. It is. Could you, you know would you great. consider a reunion gig at Satellites in 2021? 100%. Yes. Yeah. You heard it here first. Uh, I, but I, <laughs> I think um, I might be the only one. But I, do I don't think know whether I can remember the routines. Every song had like a full-on dance I routine. I bet it did. But that's of a certain time, isn't it? Like there was definitely a period around yeah. like, the early 2000s. Yeah. Where quite a lot of these Christian bands. Yeah. And like you could get away oh. with having these bands that didn't have names. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> kind of cool. Oh, we always wore neon and like 
Oh, it was crazy. I'm sad. Yeah, fun times. Fun times. Martin, I've got this kind of sense that you want to be in a band. Is that- I've always wanted to be in a band. <laughs> I, I was in a band for one week um, because I lied about being able to sing. And then I lied about knowing Walk of Life by Dire Straits. And then we had a rehearsal. <laughs> and then I was, I was fired from the That was it. Oh, that's a low um, moment. But I was, How I was, do you feel? Is that, I was 13. Have you let that go? Okay. I have let it go. <laughs> yeah, it was 30 years ago. So, um, so, yeah, so we'll move on from that. Um, yeah, okay. Yeah, please. I'm really interested in... Um, uh, people always, by the way, ask me to give them uh, ideas and questions I'm going to ask in advance, and then I just move immediately away from those. Um, oh, Martin. Sorry. So, um, but I'm really interested in the filmmaking stuff because because film has real power with young people, doesn't it? And and you've always been very passionate Mm. and you continue to be very passionate about that. Mm. Um, So why is it that, um, why do you think film works with young people? Like, why is that an interest area for you? Uh, I, I think film is powerful um, because of the storytelling. I just, I personally love hearing stories, people's stories. I love I love sharing stories and I love um, sharing them through film because I think you can do so many different things with it. And it's just the power of that. You know, Jesus told stories, didn't he? Mm. And, and I just love, um, I love the opportunity that we've got to create, create these, these films, these little individual short films, whether they're two minutes, five minutes, 10 minutes and, um, and send them out and that they can be watched all over the world very easily now online um, and used um, by I, like I mentioned, schools and youth groups, um, but actually the average teenage girl, I'm, I'm really passionate about girls' work, um, can find it. I always had this kind of, this um, this hope or this, I always imagined this girl, randomly I imagined her in Australia and she was really struggling and she just stumbled across uh, a film that we'd made and actually it brought her hope. And I always mm. think how, how great it is that once you've made a little film, um, individual little piece, and you put it online, it can be, you know, God can send it out. And film is just so powerful, isn't it? And I, I love that. So I love the fact that a film has been out there for, it might have been out there for three, four, five years, and then someone can stumble across it today mm. and share it with their friend yeah. who really needs to hear. And I was always really encouraged by some of your, uh, some of the films that you've made because obviously we're friends, but I, I will see somebody share on my Facebook timeline or something. Mm. Oh, I've just come across this amazing uh, video about girls and friendship. Uh, 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 and they're sharing it with each other now, you know, and, and, yeah, and I like just love, seven years old. yeah, I just love the fact that they can have this lifespan, which you can't control. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and they sort of, these films, they just, you don't really release a film, they escape into the world and then they're yeah. no longer, you no longer yeah. have control over them. So I think they're really exciting. So sorry for not warning you, I was going to ask you about that, but I do. No, think- that's fine. I think also just the brilliant thing is, is that with these films is that we, so we identify, um, uh, an issue or a subject that that young people are facing and dealing with today and often we're influenced by brilliant research like the youthscape stuff um and then you go out and find the expert because i'm not i'm not an expert in any sense of the word but then you go out and find you know who is talking about this who really knows about this stuff who has experienced this or what is the charity that's that's working in this area and then um what's just been so brilliant is finding out what's really been happening and then getting them to speak into the script or the, the production side of things. And, and it's, um, it's just a beautiful way of working, making sure that we are really authentic in what we're saying and not just, you know, making it up, but being informed by the, the people who are really, you know, really know about this stuff. 
So um, just to just to sort of change tack a little bit, I wonder we couldn't we couldn't do ten minutes without talking about lockdown and and the last twelve mm. weeks. So how how's that been for you personally? You're a mum. Uh, yeah, you've got uh, right. two at home, haven't you? Yeah, I've got a one and a two year old. <laughs> and we presumably have no sense that we're in lockdown. I, I guess no, um, no. We've we've had birthdays as well, and they haven't really realised. Oh well, no, I've got a three year old now. Oh, that's mad. Yeah, he's three now. Presumably, that's um, our third child. You forgot about no, that. No, <laughs> I forgot that one. Yeah. No, the two year old is now three. Uh, yeah, it's. Um, I don't think they really have any real realisation apart from missing nanas a little bit. Um, yeah, it's been it's been all right. Do you know what? I was okay the first couple of weeks, just because since um, my boys have been born, everything's been a bit mad busy like I just um I think since they've been born I've really struggled with the balance of work and vision and writing and um I had a book come out last year which was just a bit mental time so like now that um we've kind of stepped back a bit it's been really nice to kind of slow down and have that pause but I don't know about you have you been up and down but I've been yes absolutely yeah Last week, um, well, like three or four, so I've just had tonsillitis, just finished my antibiotics, brilliant, worked a treat, but I was really struggling a couple of days ago and um, just this brilliant thing happened. So I'm a, I'm a proper crier. Actually, you know I'm a crier because probably every meeting I've been in with you, yeah, I've Yeah, you've cried, cried. Yeah. <laughs> on the, uh, the years. You know, try it, Martin, it releases the emotions. But I was going to have a proper cry, I got the boys to sleep, I just went into my kitchen thinking, I wasn't making chips. <laughs> I got into my kitchen and I was like, oh, I need, to, I just need to have a cry. Um, and then I saw something drop on my doorstep and uh, opened it up and it was a card. And in the card, there was a tea bag and some biscuits and a hot chocolate sachet. And it was, um, it was a, a little card from my church. And it just said, Meg, uh, what did it say? Meg, sit down, relax and have a brew from church. Yeah. And I was like, Oh my goodness. It was exactly what I needed, honestly. And it was just a beautiful reminder of like, you know, being part of a community that, um, mm. that kind of supports you. And I had a, it was my first green tea. I've never had green tea before. It was really, have you had green tea? I have had green tea. Yeah. I had a green tea. And actually, can I read this to you? I hope you don't mind. I sat down and reading the Bible in a year and it said, I sat down and I was like, still feeling a bit emotional. I read some, it said, read Psalm 46. Can I read it to you? You must read Psalm 46 to us now. I'll just read a bit of it. But honestly, you know, like you read the Bible once and it can mean one thing. And then I, this is exactly what I needed to hear. Hang on, Psalm 46. Is this okay. green tea in the Bible? Is green tea in the Bible? I didn't Green know. tea in the Bible. <laughs> it, was, it was lovely. But honestly, this was, this was powerful. It's like God totally spoke. It says, um, yeah, Psalm 46, God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way and the mountains fall into the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the most high dwells. God is with her. She will not fall. God will help her at break of day. Nations are in uproar. Kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice and the earth melts. And then it just goes on to say be still and know that i am god i will be exalted among the nations i will be exalted in the earth the lord almighty is with us the god of jacob is our fortress yeah. <laughs> i was like oh my gosh so perfect and wow. do you know what from from going from feeling honestly a little bit dark in my mind you know when you have those dark moments i just felt so you know you know when you feel a bit like your thirst is quenched when mm. when you read the bible so yeah, so up and down. In like, that was a really long answer to your question. That was a wonderful answer to my up question. And, up and down, uh, Martin. 
I feel like we've all just had a little balm to the soul there. That feels yeah, wonderful yeah. to me. It's powerful stuff. Um, so, yeah, have, have you had sort of any insights, you know, in your own interactions with young people or families uh, in your church and so on about how this has been for, how, what have you thought about how this has been for young people? Yeah, um, so I was, I'm actually on maternity leave from leading some of the youth work at my church, but I spoke to the youth worker um, and she said uh, they really struggled at the beginning with a with not knowing um you know what's happening and not being able to do exams a lot of them though she said they're not wallowing they're being quite proactive um at church starting youtube channels and um uh planning like years out and rethinking how they're going to do fundraising if it is all going to be at a distance but my um i think i mentioned to you my husband is a teacher at a secondary school and he said uh, actually the girls that he's spoken to at school are really struggling, um, really struggling with motivation, really struggling. One of the girls emailed him and said that her mental health is really taking a hit. And I think probably for young people that but a lot of it will be like us, like I said, up and down, complete isolation, um, you know, really missing activities and being out. And I think, you know, a lot of people won't have families that are supporting them through this, will they? And, you know, whether that's um, seeing on the news something that is, you know, worrying you and frightening it, like you don't understand what's going on. You know, we know that the news isn't very clear. And for a young person, um, navigating that um, uncertainty is, is really tough, isn't it? And we, during lockdown, um, really sadly, my, my cousin died of cancer during lockdown. Um, and uh, we couldn't even go to her funeral. Um, so that's really hard for us. And I know a lot of young people are dealing with grief and sadness, not being able to grieve normally with their friends around them. So that's, that's really hard, isn't it? There's a lot of stuff that they're going to be managing um, just, but yeah, in a similar way to us, up and down, isn't it, for them? What, have you heard some stuff? How are, how are the young people that you're in contact with doing? Yeah, I mean, we've talked about it a lot on the podcast, but there's a whole, there's a whole range of reactions to this. Some young people, yeah. uh, from young people who are only children or, or young people yeah. who are left at home while their, their parents are going out to work. You know, there's a, there's a whole bunch of young people that are just shut in on their own yeah um, and then at the other end of the spectrum there's young people who are just going do you know what we're going to just forget lockdown now and just socialize and i, I have seen it well, really yeah. increase in the last few weeks of of young people just observing any kind of social distancing so there's the full range and i think there's yeah. a lot of a lot of issues that are going to spill and what the impact will be yeah Absolutely. Yeah. So, hey, um, I'm, I'm aware that, you know, that chip fryer is not going to operate itself and you've got lots to do. Uh, so so just, as we, just as we wrap up, um, just why don't you tell us a little bit about what you're hoping to do then over the next uh, mm. few months and years. And, and um, yeah. obviously it's all subject to change at the moment, but what's it the plan? Is. And how yeah. also do people connect with you? You mentioned the book before as well. I'd love you to mention that again. Yeah. Um, so yeah, obviously we're on pause at the moment with lockdown, but when we get back to it, um, I'm working on a number of films with a number of different charities, working with the council on, on a film, um, about children's experiences in care. Um, I'm writing a spoken word piece about, um, self-esteem and identity. I am, you know, I really struggled as a person growing up in terms of identity and, and image and beauty and, and who, you know, who am I, who is Meg? Um, and so writing a spoken word piece um, that I'm just fundraising for at the moment to get that um, filmed with the brilliant James Chapman, uh, which will be amazing. So working on a number of different films that we're going to release um, over the next, well, 
when we get them shot and, and done and out. Um, so Hope Rising 365, the book that I released last year, hopefully we can share that more, go out and, and speak. So you can find Hope Rising um, online on it sounds really sad, doesn't it? In all good, in all good bookstores. In all good bookstores, <laughs> although, although blatantly they don't, they don't tell our books, do they? No, probably not. Um, so, um, yeah, and I've just written my first children's book as well, which is really exciting. Have for, you? For little ones, yeah. What a children's yeah. book. A little child for little kids, yeah, about friendship and kindness. Yeah, so that's really exciting. And then back into the schools, mate. Like, back in, so schools can book me um, really all over the UK to... Um, to go and speak in there uh, to their girls and, and um, their students. So back to it. And, um, oh, do you know what? I'm just really excited. It's like just being in lockdown has just made me reflect on um, just the opportunities at hand and the, the opportunities of bringing hope to, to young people and what a privilege it is to have been involved in it and just what opportunity is there, there ahead to, to meet to meet with them and support them and encourage them. Um, and if anyone wants to find out about the work that I've been doing, um, my website is Meg Cannon Stories um, and I'll be putting all the films yeah, onto there and you can contact me um, if there's any, any kind of subjects that you think um, need exploring or you want to you know, send me any advice and encouragement, please do. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's uh, yeah, really looking forward to get, getting back out filming and, and being in the schools again, yeah. Awesome. Great to talk to you. You're so creative. This, oh, man, uh, this podcast is all about creativity. So you are a very obvious guest, one of the most creative people I know. So thank you for sparing the time today. Thank you, Martin. Enjoy your chips. Oh, <laughs> thanks. So great to talk to Meg there. And uh, I'm sure she wasn't actually going off to uh, fry some chips. That was just, mm. I just became fixated on, <laughs> on her deep fat fryer. Amy, have you got a deep fat fryer? No, no, we just have frying pans. <laughs> Do you know anyone who has a deep fat fryer? Um, probably, but I'm, I'm not sure I've talked to them about it, but I, I well, bet some of the people I know have them. <laughs> Why haven't you had that conversation? So I think one <laughs> of the things we really, we really want to know at the back of this is, um, maybe we should run a poll or something. Does, do people have a deep fat fryer? You can let us know through all the, the usual uh, medias. But I thought one interesting... Deep fat fryer at Eastgate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can. You can. It'll get. It'll go directly to the chief executive. So if you wouldn't mind sending an email to Chris, will really enjoy that. At youscape.co.uk, that'd be great. Um, yeah, so that that's that sort of kicked off a really interesting conversation for me around video and young people. How important a role video plays in the lives of young people already. And also what we might be learning during this time of, um, I, I keep saying lockdown, I'm, I'm trying not to say it, but I say it more and more, uh, what we might have learned about how, how effective video can be working with young people. Um, and I just wonder whether that's, you know, I wonder whether that's something we need to do more innovating in. You know, mm -hmm. I, I wonder whether this is a helpful, right now, what, what, what we've been seeing in the last few months might be a helpful uh, catalyst to more innovation in video. Do you do you um do you, do you see that with young people, Amy? Are you 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 volunteer in a youth group, don't you? Yeah. Are they kind of always watching videos on their phones and talking about video stuff? I mean, I feel like there's a lot that goes over my head in terms of uh, without <laughs> wanting to sound too old, but um, memes and TikToks and things that often do come from like just these really short video clips. Uh, so yeah, I feel like it, they, 
they do seem to watch it. I mean, I, I watch a lot of videos as well, but I feel like it's a different kind of, um, yeah. I, you, I tend you watch, to watch sort of period dramas? <laughs> I don't just watch period dramas, Martin. <laughs> but, but, um, but that was a joke and you actually do watch them, don't you? I do watch, yeah, I do watch some. <laughs> All right. This week I watch Little Women, if anyone's interested. Very cutting edge, um, yeah. Yeah, other period dramas are available. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> this is some cutting edge youth commentary going on right yeah, now. Yeah, tell me about it. Yeah, I bet you're these, glad you got me on the podcast, Martin. Well, I mean, between you and Meg, we've really <laughs> hit the cutting edge of youth culture. Deep fat fryers and little women. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but I mean, it is. It's a, it's a big thing for, for young people. And so that's what, you know, sorry to go, go on about the resource um, a bit, but, you know, that's why we've invested so much time in showcase because we have mm. seen young people expressing their creativity in all sorts of interesting ways yeah. over the last few weeks. And one of those ways is TikTok and other video mediums. Um, you know, young people are so creative when it comes to just, you just give them these simple tools and then mm. they just make amazing stuff out. Of them. Yeah, have you seen some of those TikTok videos where they, uh, people had done uh, like dance routines with parents or grandparents or there was a bishop in one, I think. Yes, I absolutely love them. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I think it really does seem to connect with young people. And as, as yeah. Meg said, it's not just, a, it's not just a, uh, a, a sort of young people like watching films thing. It's that that's how they process story. It's all about storytelling. And, and you, you know, the best use of video is always in tandem with great use of storytelling. So, um, yeah. so yeah, so that's some of what we're trying to do through Showcase. And just to recap, uh, you can order that now. I think through the Youthscape store, or is it actually launched? It launches on Friday, doesn't it? We're recording this on Thursday. So yes, uh, I think it's probably just about to go live on the Youthscape store. Uh, and uh, you can order it for £10. Uh, and, uh, and it's just a really simple way to um, start thinking about theology and creativity with your young people. Slightly different way of doing it. Um, and we'd love your feedback. That's the thing we'd love to hear how you got on with it, what you think of it. I, we will certainly do a second edition um, in, not, in the not too distant future. So, um, so drop us an email. Um, I don't know, showcase feedback banana at youthscape.co.uk <laughs> will reach us. Um, and, uh, and, and, uh, and we'd love to know how you got on with it. Yeah. Amy, you're, I, I feel like as head of marketing, you could do a great job of closing this, this podcast with a string of promotional items. Oh, brilliant. <laughs> well, I mean, we do want to hear your feedback on Showcase um, or anything else, to be honest. We always want to hear your feedback. Also, we've got the new edition of the stories just come out this week. So do go check that out. Um, we're also um, just keep an eye on our website next week in general because we're kind of shifting our live blog into a bit more of a resource hub. Um, so you'll still be able to find all of the stuff that was there before, but hopefully in an easier to kind of navigate way. So yeah, um, I guess as things are changing a little bit and restrictions are easing, we're looking to how we can continue to support all you guys throughout this time. So just keep checking our website. Yeah. <laughs> Is that the sort of thing you had in mind, Martin? Absolutely perfect. Great. You can, uh, you can take over permanently from Rachel. That was always my <laughs> nefarious plan. So, uh, so thank you. Thank you for stepping into the uh, leopard print heels of... Mrs. Gardner. I appreciate You're it. You're welcome. <laughs> Hopefully it's not a regular occurrence. I feel like you guys actually make it sound a lot easier than it is. Oh. I've never been so aware of how many ums I have. 
I think you've been fine. And also you edit this thing. So by the time people listen true. to it, you couldn't have taken all the ums out. That's what I'll be doing. Yeah. I imagine yeah. it's never been edited so meticulously. Exactly. Exactly. This week. Anyway, thank you, Amy. And thank you for no tuning in. We will see you again next time. Bye. Bye.